All right, the Base Life Podcast, Episode One. Brian and I sit down with Ben in the house, and we give uh, Scotty, Bob, Katie Hansen, and Matt Lage a phone call as they go on a road trip across the U.S., jumping off stuff and having a good time. All right, enjoy. Three, two, one. See ya. You're listening to Base Life Podcast with your hosts Randy and Brian. All right, whoop whoop, we yep. We're recording. Ben's still playing with his phone. Yeah, man, I'm doing research. <laughs> uh, yeah, where where uh, where are you guys headed? Uh, we are en route to Little Rock, Arkansas. We left uh, Nashville, Tennessee this morning. Sweet. Did you do any jumping while you were in Nashville, or what were you doing there? No, we did zero base jumping at all. There was no nothing there at all. There is nothing there. Hmm. Be like a and it was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the jump we didn't do was awesome. Unfortunately, for uh, for security reasons, it would be yeah, we can possibly discuss how awesome and give you adjectives of how awesome the jump was. But anything that specifies the location and or type of object that it was will be stricken from the record. Fair enough. I can speak. <laughs> I can speak English. Voice, I know what an adjective is. Holy shit. Actually, they don't, they don't say awesome in Tennessee. They say gooder than hell. That jump there, it's gooder than hell. I said, God damn. <laughs> this way, I forget, you know, like, I uh, forget the American style jumping where, like, most of it you can't actually talk about publicly. <laughs> we, Brian and I have been in Europe for so long. I mean, now, like, yeah. I got no problem talking about, like, ran, like random illegal objects. The only reason is we were kind of sworn to secrecy on this one because. It's kind of one of those... Gooder than hell jumps. It's a gooder than hell jump that about a billion people and their mother would, you know, try to slay dragons to go get. And it's uh, talking about it on a podcast. Probably be in fun. fact, it's not even in Tennessee. Gotcha. Perfect. It's, I think it was Guam. Were we in Guam? Was it Guam? We were in Guam. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I guess the question starting it off is, what the hell are you guys doing? Uh, mostly peeing on each other Um, I see something about changing bed sheets after Squirrel Team 6 rolls through Uh, (laughs) Katie go for it (laughs) that's a question for Katie motherfucking Hanson go so Katie Hanson who shit the bed (laughs) I didn't pee on anything and I'm bleeding the face on that one okay you can't feed the fifth. Katie copping out of answering. Did she say she yeah. was pleading the fifth or that she peed the fifth? She peed, she peed the fifth. She peed, yeah, she peed the peed bed the and the fifth? Peed the fifth of vodka that she was drinking. Yeah. I'm not It's documented for historical record. I mean, as we're as we're debating and as we're discussing all these things, we have to know like the like the breadth of of, of, uh, of dissemination because like there's there's, a, there's definitely thing. certain stories that'll that'll flow like like water, but some of them you know flow literally, and we just don't really want to talk about them. Flow, <laughs> flowing like water was that a, a reference, Scotty? No. I'm hey, smell- don't worry. People I'm are just going to assume the worst. If you the don't tell them the story, they're going to assume the worst. The we had so far. 
the only pee accident we had so far actually was not in Colorado. It was much more recent. It was about uh, four days ago in West Virginia when um, Scotty Bob. You, you have to preface it with we're in the room already and Matt's like, oh, man, I got to move my shoes. Scotty might pee there. Fast forward two hours. Fast forward two hours. I wake up to Scotty Bob peeing right where I predicted he might pee. So Damn. I chase him away. I thought I chased him into the bathroom. And my point exactly is if you thought that I was going to pee there, why'd you leave your shit there? That's the question. <laughs> that and Matt went to check to see if his stuff got peed on and put his hand in the pee in the dark and like shoot Scotty away. And then looked over and Scotty did not go to the bathroom. He was butt naked. <laughs> Peeing in the closet and looked at Lodge and goes, Is this good? <laughs> he was actually proud of himself. Right. He was proud. He's like, oh, Yeah, I got the closet, not your bag of stuff. But but that's when you really know somebody when you know oh, they they might they might piss there. Like that's that's when you're really good friends. You, you, you know when part of me was proud of myself and him. Like, yeah, that's for sure. Hey, what one, one of you has definitely peed somewhere random in your oh. life. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've got one where T, I, I almost pissed in her closet, um, and yeah, because it was right next to the bathroom. It was, it was, yeah, they it shouldn't was put closets moment. next to bathrooms. Why do they do that? They try yeah. to confuse people. Brian's got, a, Brian's got a recording on his phone of me uh, vomiting and shit in my pants at the same time. You can play it right <laughs> now. And, uh, no way. Just, just for the record, play uh, that shit, we, Brian. We, we made it uh, an entire three whole minutes before we started talking about bodily functions. <laughs> Funny enough, the last time I peed and uh, sorry, uh, vomited and shit at the same time, it was in the women's room, a shower at the Horner. <laughs> <laughs> but that one never gets too much used. fondue, man. Right? Fondue oh. has a limit. <laughs> Horner, Horner Pub, a future fondue. sponsor of the podcast. Uh, Oh yeah, no. Thanks very much. <laughs> hey guys, I have an audio record. I have an audio recording for all you guys. You guys got to listen up real quick. This, uh, if we're talking about peeing and on the trip here, I want you guys to listen. Okay? Are you listening? Yep, listening. Yep. Standing by. Did you guys hear any of that? Heard who's I heard who's on peeing who. on who. Oh, uh, you know, let's just let's just we're gonna we're gonna fast forward here, guys. We don't need to talk this topic yeah, anyways. anymore. <laughs> wait, yeah, it's wait, about you, me, so it's time to move on. Before before we close this topic down, you guys are in in like cow country right now, right? No, we're in Memphis, Tennessee. It's uh, but you, blues but, music and uh, poverty music. Yeah, yeah. But outside of that is gonna be is shortly you're gonna be in cow country, right? Like yes, we, we drove through cotton fields all day. Before you guys put all the peace to all the pee talk to rest, you got to do a. Uh, what am I not close enough this year? There you go. You got to do a. Uh, it's like the uh, the base equivalent of a waterfall for pee jokes. You got to have one person peeing in another person's hand, and another person stick their finger in another person's ass, and then grab one of those electric fences and videotape you know, it. Oh, and it'll, it'll cut across. Might, yeah, through the I, piss. <laughs> Into your dick. Oh. <laughs> so that, that rules you up. You, you, you have you never, peer, you've never ridden the lightning wait, until you read, wrote it right up your urethra, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Katie said, is that why the Swiss cows are so happy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we have a... No, we literally 
actually just crossed the border into Arkansas. So it feels different. It feels like Arkansas. It feels very Ar- Arkansas. It feels like Kansas, but with a little bit of art. A piratey Kansas. A, pi- a very piratey Kansas. Yeah, I was just going to say, watch out for rape. <laughs> watch your cornholes. Nice. So, do you guys you guys made it to Bridge Day? Go what? Did, did you, what? Did you go to Bridge Day? Yeah. Yeah, we went to Bridge Day. Nice. How how was it this year? It was good. It was fun. The jumps are fun. Jumps are rad. Weather was perfect. Weather was literally seventy five degrees and like five miles an hour all day. Nice. These two assholes juked me super hard. I thought we were doing a three way. I did a solo. <laughs> Ladies first, Katie. Ladies first. That's the rule. We're gentlemen. Chivalry's alive, Katie motherfucking Anson. Right. Randy's uh, the one doing all the opsec orders at the phones and then leaves his right next to the... Leaves uh, mine on right next to the recording device. <laughs> all right, so tell us more about this road trip. Yeah, what what inspired uh, this? Like, uh, I just remember seeing on Facebook... What inspired this? Like, yeah, you guys were like, fuck it, we're out. Like, yeah, the three of us were pretty much in Moab, uh, uh, what, a month ago now? And Scotty and I were talking about going to Bridge Day, and one thing led to another, and we're like, let's get in a car and romp around, and we haven't stopped, so we went actually the wrong way, the exact opposite direction we wanted to go. We drove from Moab to California, major we caught up uh, with uh, Mustache Boogie, if you're not familiar with Mustache Boogie, oh, yeah. it's, um, we jump bigs, me too. it's a circus. Did uh did Andrea have her uh, stripper pole out there this year? Andrea was there, no stripper pole. Damn it! Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Nes- yeah. nothing to look forward to on Facebook the now. Prize ne- yeah, Nesbit took the home the pr- stash, right? Nesbit took home the stash because he nearly femured into the front of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I am jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. It was like the just... most epic landing ever. And Laos is claiming he did the same thing last year and is bitching because he didn't win last year. It, and wasn't, it, was, year. it wasn't as good. I was there last year. I might have been too intoxicated to actually be watching. Yeah, it, Scotty was not even present. Not only like in a figurative way. He actually was asleep. Yeah, I'm going to stop there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Scotty. The grand champion won, yes, the wooden mustache. But also we went to um, like the sleaziest massage parlor we could find in hollywood and we got a vip experience for the winner so joe nesbitt's gonna be getting tugged off for his performance at mustache buggy <laughs> nice that my friends is what base jumping competitions is all about being tugged off by a middle-aged asian masseuse right so all those people out there Somewhere looking for sponsors and whatnot takes about three hours to get to all of those years of training paid off nesbitt good work <laughs> <laughs> I met in massage parlors, not with parachutes. Oh, all that training, just a, just a thirty thousand dollar hand job, right? <laughs> At least. <I> mean. <laughs> nice. Hey, so did you guys make it through uh, iFly Loudon? I missed you. Got by like a day or three. We did two other tunnels. We did not make it there. We made. Uh, we flew in the tunnel in Denver and Kansas Sick. City. And we're still itching. I wanted to hit the one in Philadelphia, but they were packed. So, um, yeah, we're not sure where we're going to get another tunnel, but maybe Phoenix. Sick. Mm, that's a good one. The guys over there at iFly Loudon said, Scotty, you uh, you suck in the tunnel, just so you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, like, like, We just need to explain something here about this road trip. We literally don't know where we're going, and it's about five hours before we do it, so... 
and uh, it's it's kind of worked out that way for the most part. I'm I'm bad so, with geography. Have you guys driven through St. Louis already? <laughs> yeah, we are, we already. Oh, we met Mama Bob, Mama Scotty Bob in St. Louis. Wait, wait, Scotty, you're from St. Louis? My parents live there. I'm not from there. Oh my god, dude! I got a man. If, are you guys driving back through there on the way back? Are you talking about Larry Flint's Hustler Club? No, I'm talking about a guy I used to work with who got out to uh, take over owning and operating the Anheuser-Busch St. Louis uh, distributing plant and now has a 14 million square foot uh, distribu- alcohol distribution warehouse. And the last time I stopped there, uh, when I went to get my car back from him, I, w- I stopped there to get lunch with him, with me and my brother, and then... Uh, Two days later, returned to my car, feeling like I was going to die, and my car's shocks were literally bottomed out because he had him fill my my entire car with uh, with whiskey. Uh, so this doesn't have anything to do with Larry Flint or, or the Hustler Club. Well, <laughs> not directly. I've actually have been there. It's not worth <laughs> it. Don't ever go there. I don't recommend it in any way. If you guys go back through there, let me know on Facebook, and I'll I'll hit Bobby up. Dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you'd like him. He's uh, we call him the White Rhino, even though he's an officer. He was uh, he was always naked. Called him the oh, White Lazo Rhino. Yeah. Side note: uh, my pants are back on now. I started the interview <laughs> naked, thinking it was gonna be on video. I just about 15 <laughs> seconds ago got my pants back on. Yeah, between now and the next time we do this, I will figure out how to get video re- into this thing and yeah, record it. Yeah, I think I think your viewers would really like that. Right. <laughs> We don't actually have any viewers or listeners yet. Cause... <laughs> well, I would watch it repeatedly right. if I were naked. If I were naked, I'd watch it repeatedly. <laughs> I'm just going to keep that thought in my head for the rest of this conversation. <laughs> yep, so here we are uh, driving across uh, Arkansas. We're going to take a quick pit stop in Little Rock. Uh, <clears throat> jumped a cliff here like two years ago. I think we're going to go check it out. Nice. So what do you do? Do you just have folks... Basically bombarding you with messengers saying, hey, come through here and we'll show you fun shit. Pretty much. It's, it's just People have been awesome to us. Yeah. Everything from meals to couches to sleep on. Um, Girlfriends. Ki- <laughs> Girlfriends. Katie kicked some guy out of his bed one night and slept in his bed. He uh, offered. No, that's <laughs> not the way it happened. But yeah, she's way more. He offered to let you sleep <laughs> in his bed with him and then... No, he wasn't. He wasn't in it. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we honed in on something here. We hit a nerve. Yep. So why did he? Uh, why did he offer up his bed freely? Because he's nice. He's a nice guy. No ulterior nice motives. Guy. Has anybody watched the news lately? There's no such thing as a nice guy anymore. Like everything. Yeah, nice guys like, are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Nice guys are dicks. Yeah. Well, it was not. Just for the record, <laughs> that guy who owns that bed was not. He was not in the bed when I was sleeping. He was not not in the bed. He there was, was a not, double negative. All right, cool. She said uh, that bed. he was not not in the bed. That guy was not in the bed when I slept in it. We got He's it. Naughty. He was, he was not in the bed once you fell asleep. We got it. No, no, sorry. <laughs> must be a bad signal, guys. Uh, she said he's naughty in bed. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I it thought. Cut I out there for a second. Yeah. I wish someone was on my team here. <laughs> I got your back. You can sleep in my bed anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, 
if if that was the case, it would be so lottered, and, and that would be the couch next to the one you're sleeping on in the packing area of the Horner. Right, <laughs> so good. Oh, it's so comfortable. Pull that drying canopy over you like a blanket and sleep till morning. <laughs> Until you hey, I really you have no room to talk, so uh, I'll, I'll concede on that one. Did you ever give uh, Charlie some uh, flowers for uh, you and Ben's rooftop activities? What? Yeah, I did. I did nice. give her. Me? You two I hanging out in, out yeah. in the was... upstairs, upstairs bar? Oh. I was making up for all those wrongdoings that Ben was doing. That that yeah. I just felt I felt terrible for how much of an asshole that guy was being. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, I did the, the the right thing, the adult thing, and went and got a consolation gift for Charlie for all her hard work and making sure that us irresponsible base jumpers have a place to play late at night. Did you really do that? Yeah, I did. Oh, I, did. Dude. I really did. That's good. I, I actually, next time I'm going there, I was telling these guys last time. I think I'm gonna like get her some flowers and chocolates and wine. So I don't know. I don't know. Why I went to Valentine's <laughs> Day stuff. That doesn't make sense. But isn't that what all women want? Katie, question Katie, for you. Question for you. Or do they just want to sleep in your bed and you not be there? <laughs> just a quiet night. That alone. seems to be what my wife wants. Just because I want to sleep in the bed doesn't mean I won't take a bottle of wine too. Or maybe a couple fuzzy navels. Yeah, we need another girl for sure. Send women. Send yeah. women. Say no more. I'll identify as a woman for the rest of this podcast. All right. That's, what, that's how it goes now, right? See, that's a team player, guys. We were talking about this earlier. We need more team players. You were wearing, Lajua was wearing women's clothes at the mustache. That's party. not weird. No. That's mustache boogie. That's yeah. that's, that's, like that's like pretty a, much every base like boogie. That's every base boogie. It's like a backless shirt with sequins all over it. Sounds like you liked it. No, what's weird is I was trying to save time on the trip, so I tried. Never mind. We're going back to peeing. I was going to pee out the window while we were driving. But... Hey, we've exhausted the subject of public urination. We're moving on to something else. All right. All right. <laughs> Katie, just so you know, I just tucked it back. We're on the same team now. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's yeah, not he, even he literally the first sat up for a second. I will have heard about or seen on this trip. Laj. Danny, Danny Wyland. What was that? Do we have three manginas? I think we've seen three manginas. We've Laj, definitely seen you three manginas. You did it, must have. There's been a lot of manginas on this trip. Huh. <laughs> nice. Yeah, oh yeah, so nice. Loved it. What does the mangina speak about the base jumping culture as a whole? What do we? What, I guess what it would really depend about? on adaptability. Is it shaved or not? Like groomed <laughs> or not groomed? Who doesn't groom these? Things? Are we talking I like seventies like like or Let's work like with that concept there? Like, it does we... highlight whether you're groomed or not. Everyone should be groomed. Let's uh, just come to a consensus on this. I need to go take a ten-minute break. You guys go ahead. <laughs> If I hear Randy go like, "Hey, asshole, those are my strippers, man!" Right? No, I, I, I know. I actually know which clippers are uh, Brian's pube clippers, and they're also really perfect for my beard. So, like, I just get over it. Like, I'm like, ah, I know this is probably what he does with it, but I don't care because I don't have my own beard trimmer yet. Because right. that's funny you should say that because Lodge has that little like flavor saver, small 
Like, oh, what do you mean? Hair, it's right super his, alpha and masculine. Super Back off. Right and it was getting like gross long. It is gross long. And he doesn't have any electric razor. And the only one on the trip right now with one is Scotty. Scotty just shaved his asshole with it. I literally, I did, with an electric? I did shave up. I dude, I'm a I'm a talented man. You guys know that. With a calloused asshole, dude. I get in there with the. Uh... <laughs> See, I will shave my face with it, but we need to make a bet to make that happen. They've been ducking out of amazing bets the entire trip. You wanted me to give up control of my yeah. Facebook page. Yeah, for one day. Ooh, that's no. dangerous. Which would only help you. That's like lose lose for me. They're just not team players, guys. Basically, this entire trip has been Laj proving that he's willing to go as far and as long as he cares, and us just going like, that's just disgusting. I'm not going there. <laughs> God damn it. You guys need a medic there. <laughs> I will never lose at Gay Chicken. Who will never lose at Gay Chicken? Ben. Ben said that. The gauntlet has been thrown. I look forward to meeting you. Yeah. It's uh, ditto on that one. Wait, are I'm we gonna, flirting? I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start coming up with ideas now. Oh, not not kissing. I'm talking about dick chicken. Sounds like you're already backing down, pussy. <laughs> I'm ramping up, man. He's going from six to midnight. He's having a hard time staying a woman here. <clears throat> what kind of weird show is this? I mean, I'm in. <laughs> it's just skin. <laughs> uh, Can somebody please explain to me gay chicken? Gay chicken's just your mouth. Dick chicken is you prepare yourself with your lance and then you you joust. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Whoever pulls off first loses. But they keep their dignity. <laughs> they don't lose their dignity, so I guess maybe Dude, they don't Everybody's lose. a loser in this game. <laughs> Not the onlookers. They win. It's true. Uh, strangely enough, I've actually seen Laz involved in a, in a male ritual of this kind. So. <laughs> and then now that I really think about it, I think everybody in the room was the true loser. But. You watched me wrestle a man naked for 40 minutes with 30 men cheering it on as if it was the greatest sporting event of all time. <laughs> it, it ended with Danny Wyland crying <laughs> and me, the victorious <laughs> champion that would be smiled upon and remembered for ages. Uh, we need Danny Wyland to back this fact up because well, I don't remember. That yeah, we'll, we'll get him on here to tell his version of the story. <laughs> How do you win that? I'm just wondering. Do you, do you pin him or is it the first well, guy to be penetrated on accident? Okay, so or what, what happens? happened was... We were two base jumpers drunk in a room, and we were fighting for the attention of the room, to which I clearly needed to get naked. He followed it up by getting naked. I had to drop kick him in the chest. We then wrestled truly full contact for Greco Roman about 20 to 30 minutes. It ended with his shoulder out of socket and me it standing over him. Firing shoulder surge, like serious shoulder reconstructive surgery. Uh, Is that a base jumping injury? That's it's how you win. That, yeah, that's winning. Yeah, that's that winning. counts. That counts. And then he's base planted a pie later. I think. Most base injuries happen when you're not actually jumping, anyways. I mean, on weather days and stuff. 
Yeah. Most yeah. of them avo- most of them happen when you're just trying to avo- avoid being raped by one of your friends. Right. Yeah. Occasionally you like tib fib or like femur, but you know, usually it's when it's <laughs> weather, Mostly it's weather just day. avoiding getting raped. Is that what you said? Well, avoiding getting raped by it, your friends. Inadvo- inadvertently, you know. Cuz I'm I'm assuming there was some sort of oil or at least a lot of sweat and then things slide in and slide out on slightly accident. consensual. You know, again, so the next day everyone's like, ooh, good you job. guys are good weird. Job. You guys are really good weird. Job. Good job avoiding that. Uh, good, good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a quote from that. Oh, so so on this so on this trip, we uh, we have an ongoing quote book. Oh, yeah, we do have an ongoing quote book. <laughs> Would you like to All read right, from the quote it? book? We, we call this section of the podcast Quote Books with uh, Matt, Katie, and Scotty. Matt, like, what are my, like, what books do I have? My neurology hasn't been normal in, like, six years, man. <laughs> That's from Scotty Bob. <laughs> Wait, can we? Yeah, open it up, Katie. I gotta, it's on this phone, so I, like, I gotta open it up. <laughs> Hey, she's driving. You open it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> do we not need to give stop him the phone, here. right? We, we do not endorse like uh, driving and messing Which with your phone. Me. Yeah. So Katie said she didn't have any dick pics saved in her phone, uh, and then in two or three pictures into her phone, yeah, well, I, found... I was. I... <laughs> Explain. It wasn't Katie. a dick pic. All right. So. <laughs> I handed Matt my phone, which I should have known better, to prove I didn't have any dick pics on there, and maybe like three pictures in, and <laughs> it was a screenshot of a bunch of male strippers. <laughs> Let's stop this story well, there. Yep, we're no, good. Because his birthday was like two days. His birthday was coming up, but then he kind of put it together, and I kind of busted myself that we were gonna get him male strippers. We wanted him to get cookies, <laughs> but I don't have any dick pics on my phone. So go ahead, everyone that's hearing this. Everyone that's hearing Send this broad- broadcasting. That's Katie Hansen requesting dick pics from everyone on the internet. I'm already so go sending. Ahead and take this opportunity, snap a picture, and send it to Katie Hansen. That's H A N S E N. Shove that thing up and send it. Yeah, your way, boys. Katie. What's your what's your Instagram? What's your Instagram handle? A private page and an athlete page. So either one. Yeah, just send I'm already sending. The one with the freckle, that's me. <laughs> send it and I'm not impressed. I'm going to ridicule you publicly. Oh, you will not be impressed. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> except, <laughs> impressive. except by the fact that I was willing to ridicule. Bring on that. the ridicule. <laughs> All right. Do you want some of the quotes from our trip? Yeah, let's hear it. Um, that, you have to get. Here's the game, though. You guys have uh, to guess which one of the three it is. All right. What do we get if we guess? Dick pics? Um, Dick, <laughs> Dick, Dick, Dick. Trash is nature's problem. I'm a human. I'm going with Matt. That's a Scotty one. Oh, Ooh. we have conjecture. <laughs> Whoever said Matt, ding, 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 ding. Matt <laughs> That was Randy. It was oh. a joke for the record. It was a joke. <clears throat> I didn't really let her. No, we were just talking right before we started this about how little we cared about the earth. Yeah. 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 All right. right. New quote. New quote. (laughs) Matt Blank's hat is way too clean. Let's bleed on it. (laughs) Mm, Scotty. The the reference to bleeding makes me think. Mm. The token. (laughs) 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 Ding, 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 ding. We got a winner. 
That's just disgusting. <laughs> All right, you ready for another? Let's do it. Should we, should we go here? Uh, no, that's right. too obvious. No, read in chronological order. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We're going to Camden, New Jersey. It's like Disneyland for rape. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, shit. I'm, I'm going to go with Matt. I'm not touching this one. Oh, Matt or Scott, he's a 50 yeah. 50. <laughs> I stay away from that word, too. Right, I, I like <laughs> Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. There's a hashtag me too joke in there somewhere. Yep. Well, that by the time this by the time this is released, if we release it, uh, that 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 whole thing will be like yesterday's news. Like, the hashtag me too thing. Yeah. yeah, it'll be totally over. It, so who who was it? Who was it? <laughs> um, I'm I'm just gonna move on to a new topic and say <laughs> that I am all about women and hope that we we treat them better yeah that's me covered i think whenever i what's it say i think whenever i have to murder when the fuck did you say that yeah when did i say that (laughs) i think that was i think whenever i have to murder for you i'm going to do it with pink heels oh yeah i remember that because you always murder. when did you write these down (laughs) (laughs) remember that girl wearing those big pink heels when we were at the I don't know. I didn't like that quote anyway. Here's a good one. Can you imagine the drugs our kids are going to do? Scotty. That's, yeah. a Scotty. that's a Scotty right there. Too easy. Way too easy. I think that's the end of the good ones. <laughs> nice. Hey, on that on that note, hey Scotty, you know I bought that uh, I bought that house from Josh Higgins. So next time you're in San Diego, feel free to pass out on the wood floor with the couch right there. Wait, say that again. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My that brother. Was with your, that was with your brother. I know. I know. It's the best picture ever. Like giant L-shaped couch, like the perfect place to pass out. Both these assholes are on the wooden floor with no pillow. It's just like getting bald spots from losing all the circulation in their scalps. <laughs> <laughs> a fond memory. Do you guys want to like talk about like serious things? What do you want to hear about? Just for what? the record, Randy's taking uh, minute by minute notes on what he has to throw out. <laughs> So, uh, so that he knows when he can actually include something. So far, that's pretty much from when you hit start. Right, so I got like pages of like, oh, we're, this, we're 30 minutes in. Editing and we're nightmare. Re- and we're, ready to, <laughs> we're all loosened up and ready to get going. It just says throw out the first 30 minutes in his book. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, so the part of the, I guess, the impetus behind this, uh, the idea to start recording these conversations was to... Um, kind of remember those those fun moments with friends because you just kind of never know when when you're not going to and then you you'll like want to like remember those quirks and like little things or like the way they laughed or the way they put inflection on certain words and um yeah so it was uh so you know even if this never actually gets shared you know it'll still be a fun moment for all of us to um Back on. Not, sorry, not to get all like sentimental. Yeah, what you fucking asshole! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, knock on wood right now. Got it. You guys are good. Yeah. Uh, so we were brainstorming earlier. Uh, what? Uh, 
what what to go over tonight. But being as that you guys are three of the the gurus, if there's anything that's uh, burning a hole in your brain that you want to talk about, throw it out there, and we'll just go back and forth and spar on it for a for a bit. Yeah, go for it. I think he asked us to. Wait, what did you say? Oh, a subject? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things we wrote down was talking about the fact that because you guys are all doing, are you guys doing next level as you travel the countryside? We are. So uh, we we've taught uh, we taught a elevated base course in uh, uh, in Cross Keys, New Jersey. That's kind of Cross Keys. That was uh, our one of our main goals for the road trip, uh, which surprisingly enough became. Uh, one of it's quickly become one of my favorite courses. It's uh, what is an elevated base course? Go ahead, man. Um, so elevated base course basically it's an opportunity to sit around with base jumpers, experienced base jumpers, and talk everything from uh, canopy drills to theory. To it was amazing how many questions that people had, um, and uh, it's kind of a way to basically just improve your knowledge and yeah not have to kind of reinvent the wheel every time you get into jumping so um this time at cross keys we had pretty gnarly weather we had a really low cloud ceiling lots of wind and you know as we went and watched the weather we were feeling kind of badly about it in the end we sat in a classroom for 12 hours a day for three days in a row with a group of about six jumpers or eight jumpers eight jumpers that basically skydivers by the way Yes, skydivers. Some of them had some. Uh, some of them already had base jumps. Um, if you have something to say, Katie, go for it. No, you're explaining. Well, just like, but to have a broader understanding, of, like who was in the classroom with us, the elevated base skills um, class is targeted at a pretty broad group. So it's it could be like a pre-base course, like people who are interested in base jumping but don't want to have to have the commitment to sign up for a course and go jump off stuff. So it's a way to educate them about a whole lot of stuff that's relevant to base jumping. And then it's also targeted for people who maybe have 10 jumps or 20 jumps, um, but maybe they were a while ago or they need to get current again, or maybe they only jumped a bridge and have a lot of questions about more objects, more knowledge. So really it's got a pretty wide uh, range of people that it's targeted towards. That's that's an awesome idea. Kind of like grease the skids for folks who are... You know, before yeah. they actually get there and pay for a course and find out, like, ah, oh, shit, this isn't for me or this isn't what I wanted. Exactly. Before they drop a bunch of money on some gear. That's, ex- yeah, that's exactly, exactly what it's targeted at. And it also takes some of the, the focus and the pressure off the jumping because you're not actually out there to learn how to base jump. So it really leaves um, room to focus on all of the classroom stuff and the packing and really dive into the knowledge part, which is... Um, you know, where a lot of the first jump courses just through lack of time also are, are kind just, of lacking. Or it's just slightly, it's incredibly overwhelming when you're trying to think about that first time standing on an object, but you also have to think about object avoidance and canopy drills. And it's, you know, it's the first time you've ever flown a F-111 seven-cell boat of a parachute. And, uh, you know, the course kind of just gives people a little bit of a sample of that before they run off and go jump off the front. Yeah, it's funny that you guys say that because one of the things we were uh, brainstorming up on the whiteboard here uh, prior to making the call was what kind of mental preparations you guys make. And after having so many years and so many hundreds and thousands of jumps, 
what kind of mental processes you guys are running yourselves through in order to get into the right mindset for hurtling yourself off an object or out of a plane or whatever the case is. Uh, I know everyone has their own rituals and everyone has their, their own, uh, their own checklists and everything, but that's been, a. I mean, that was one of our, one of the things we got sitting up on the whiteboard and it sounds like a, a great precursor to, to doing just that, like sitting around, picking someone's brain, kind of rolling the idea around in your head and finding out, you know, at a, at a deeper level, if it, you think it's for you or not. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, that was kind of exactly the the idea of the course. I heard kind of two different thoughts in that last statement, though. So yeah, we, yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, are, is there anything that you guys cover that that kind of talks to how to get mentally prepared for this kind of stuff? Because there's a lot of talk about you know the standard, you know, read the big book of base and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But how do you yeah, how do you get people mentally prepared for this kind of stuff? Oh man, I really wish Matt Blank was on this interview with us because he puts everything so eloquently, but that's actually like one of the things that he opened the course with was basically checking in with yourself and looking at this object. Is it something that you want to jump? If the answer is yes, then how can you execute that? And basically, I'm trying to remember how he explained it, but... He basically had a mental mental checklist going from, going from what, you know asking yourself why you would want to do something and then asking yourself how you're going if the answer is yes how are you going to be able to do that and then and then can you execute and it's it's really honestly hints hints that kind of just uh risk management and it's like in answering those questions it you're going to have to lead or like lead yourself through a whole cascade of questions and answers and assessment, you know, if you're telling yourself that, yes, you can jump this, then, you know, you would have to know the answer is yes, because you've already done some research, you have to know it's high enough, you know, insert all the things that you do in object assessment. So basically, in answering those questions, you're learning how to break down how to look at something, if it's something you want to do, um, evaluating if it's worth it to you, risk versus reward, which might vary from person to person, you know, which is still I know what I'm doing might you know anytime you're up on an object assessing if it's something that you really want to do and why um, or if you want to just walk down or if you want to jump it so um, yeah I'd say one of the biggest things in the course is about uh, self-evaluation do you guys agree with that? yeah yeah for sure yeah no that's awesome and I mean I one of the other things that we have written right under that is something along the lines of, well, what happens, how do you guys deal with somebody who's just clearly not able to do that? Or they're just not right, you can tell they're just not in the right mindset, uh, you know, mentally. Like, for, for I think that was one of the cool parts of this course, is that, I mean, you, basically we were in the classroom of, uh, you know, a skydiving facility. We were sitting in a classroom, uh, I think, in the past what you'll find is that people end up actually at base exit points kind of exploring these thoughts and these ideas pretty much with a rig packed ready to go and that jump's happening whether or not they are ready to make that jump doing it away from an object in a classroom 
is a kind of a much safer way to um, help them explore things maybe they weren't considering. Um, so, uh, we, yeah, questioning. Yeah. And that was, again, Matt Blank is kind of the mastermind uh, or the, the, the force behind this type of base course. And it's, like I said, largely done in a classroom and largely done by getting them to uh, that kind of self-realization and um, not on like a super deep, meaningful spiritual level, uh, although I would think he would probably say that is part of it. But um, yeah, just really getting people to think about base jumping differently. Uh, a lot of times when people get into base jumping, they're, for whatever reason, their heart, their head, they're, they're driven, they're going towards it. We, like people that want to pursue base jumping are confident and they're fixating on it. And that's it. That's my goal. I'm going. And uh, sometimes we need someone to kind of stop us and help us kind of, uh, you know, piece the puzzle together and ask the right questions and uh, go about it in a better way. And I think that is the purpose of uh, the course and the class. And yeah. Yeah, I know from my, my... I thought it was interesting that one of the scenarios that Matt brought up in the classroom was actually how to deal with that guy who, you know, is up on top of a cliff is getting totally radical, making retarded decisions, and um, He's afraid. kind of putting yourself in a difficult spot where you don't want to watch this guy go in, but he's overly confident and... Um, or, or his pre-jump procedures are just not not there. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, I mean, as much as we try to choose who we jump with and choose, you know, people who are going to make safe decisions, it sucks when you get on a load with somebody who is a liability basically and um matt talks about how to talk to that person um, not by you know opposing him straight out because you're just going to get someone who's obviously stubborn and bullheaded he thinks they're the shit um but how to actually um allow him to rethink how he's evaluating himself um and maybe get that person to make safer decisions also it's a really it's a really interesting course nice. very realistic yeah yeah hopefully you guys bring that to to europe one of these days we'd love to i think that's uh i think that's definitely the plan for for spring of 2018 for sure yeah. nice yeah i mean you guys uh kind of demoed some of that stuff up there in uh Gritch Home. that yep. was that, that was is, amazing it's, it's a very very similar uh, very similar similar platform with a lot more hinting on decision making um, and a little bit more kind of organized um, and probably a lot more K to P control stuff because uh, I mean unfortunately that's that's one of the biggest part of the courses is is uh, we unfortunately the biggest part of the course we didn't really get to focus on because of the weather was uh, was the K to P control work but um, like giving people the opportunity to fly an F-111 7-cell base canopy and, uh, you know, in a skydiving environment so they're not walking into that world of base jumping and uh, for their first time and have never flown that style of canopy before. Nice. So are you guys rigging them up uh, and just doing hopping pops or how, how does that work? Yeah, the, the base canopies are being um, pre-packed into skydiving containers and the students get out doing hop and pops and then they have um, certain canopy control drills to work on in the air up high and then they're coming in. There's actually about, there's four different targets that are set up on the ground 
that have like a different scenario built around them and there may or may not be real obstacles as well and you know depending on conditions they can make decisions which landing area they're going to try to hit and then there's different points awarded for whether or not they can make that landing area and then going over why they chose to land you know in one versus another if there was less margin for error um, so they've got kind of two things going on um, accuracy on their landing and decision making for which target to hit and then also this um, the drills up high yep <clears throat> I think that's a that's a an amazing idea that I'm pretty sure most people never do. Yeah. I know the guy that taught Brian how to base jump definitely didn't know any of that stuff. But... That, sorry, that was inside joke. <laughs> it was Randy. Yeah, I was making fun, I was making fun of myself. Well, sweet. All right, so are you guys planning to do a bunch of uh, next level for the rest of the trip, or is it? Was it just one and done, sort of free flow? Scott, yeah, Scotty and I are planning on doing next level wingsuit coaching in uh, at Sky of Arizona in Eloy uh, this weekend, actually. Nice, sick. So, you, so you have like three day. Wait, what? It's a uh, no. It's only Tuesday morning or afternoon in in the states. So, so you got a few days to make your make the way out west. Yeah, which is nice. Uh, we kind of did a sprint across the country going from California to Cross Keys, so now we get to take our time and jump some stuff and um, enjoy the trip a little bit more on the way over there. We're not really in a hurry to get to Arizona, uh, which is nice. So, yeah, we got a few days. Scott, are you guys going to go find that uh, super secret spot out there in West Texas, southern New Mexico? Uh, we we might. <clears throat> There's a distinct possibility. We just got to take a look at the weather and see what's up in it. Nice. It's quite uh, it's quite windy out there a lot, but uh, we'll see what's going on. There's uh, there's definitely no like we said no definite plans, and uh, that'd definitely be pretty awesome to go out there and check out. Nice. All right, so Katie and Matt, I don't know that we've have we, we I don't think we've ever met out in Lauterburn. So I, I met Laj once at, at the Horner. But uh, it's funny it thing, it turns out I met Laj at the Horner too. Yeah. yeah, funny. I met Katie at the Horner. Katie and I just met this trip and I met her apparently once before at the Horner when she had Alexander Pauly's taser. Mm-hmm. She tased me in the testicles that night she met me. Oh, okay. We were we were around around that time. I remember when Polly had the taser out. Yeah. Yeah. And she tased me in the balls, and she didn't remember. Mm. I didn't, well, I remember tasing somebody, but I didn't know it was you. Aww. It's the nicest thing a woman's ever said to me. You don't have memorable balls. Yeah, that was ooh, <laughs> that was so was that around fourteen or thir- thirteen or fourteen? Yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 13, 14. Oh, so fourteen. So maybe we did meet. So you guys are due for another trip out, right? Yeah. And, yeah, always. And we'll just throw it out there, like if um, uh, commute, if getting in and out of German or out of Europe is cheaper through Stuttgart. Uh, just use us. I mean, because like, it's a it's a it's a huge Delta hub, so we're always trying to get our friends to like pass through, and it's only like four hours from Lauterbrunnen. So, Where like, was uh, that? 
Stuttgart, yeah. Germany. It's a it's a big Delta awesome. hub. Like they have they have daily flights out of Atlanta. So can uh, Katie sleep in your bed? I, knew, I, fucking <laughs> I, I have a spare bedroom, in fact. So it's, perfect. You can that sleep I'm, in that. I'll take the bed. That I'm, that I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah the, but the Brian's using at the moment, but but so sure, yeah, you're totally saying spare bedroom. But yeah, so you, do you guys have any Euro trips planned yet? Uh, uh, Right now, I mean, it's winter time, so uh, I I do not. I currently don't have any Europe trip plans. Definitely planning on going, just not sure on dates right now. Possibly. Uh, did we hear a rumor correct? Is Chamonix open again? Yeah, so that's why I was going to take my next question was, how do you guys feel about Chamonix being opened back up? So I need to know some context because I've only heard whispers and rumors. What's uh, what's the word? Uh, I don't think I have anything definitive either. I think everything I've heard has been, yeah, it's 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 coming soon, but um, maybe certain lines will be off limits, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't know. I believe they, yeah, there was basically nowhere, no flying anywhere near any public population. Oh, okay. Well, I think that's, you know, all in all, that's a, that's a really good idea. Um, I, honestly, I, w- I hope that they do some serious thought about, you know, maybe regulating it. Um, uh, I know we've talked about this in the past, but I mean, it's, I think it's a, a little bit of regulation for that site is not a, not a bad idea. Yeah, and well, and you see like a bit of regulation, you know, in places like the valley, where where like the rules are there to keep keep the stuff open, you know, not not yeah, to because uh, uh, when when you guys know how it works, the, like, the, you know, but like the yeah, Euro- the Swiss are just the Swiss are just used to following rules. The yeah, French are not. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like when when we have like a lot of like younger like American jumpers come over like with that bandit sort of mindset where it's like oh screw the rules like it's like no no th- no these rules are actually here to keep this stuff open you know it's not like we're sneaking into a park you know or whatnot like uh, where you just have to like disobey the rules altogether. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see a little bit of regulation in Sham, and then that, that way we can keep it open and sort of because between you know, yeah. you know, gravity and uh, you know the public shaming, we're we're pretty good at you know uh, controlling our our people. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm all about the public shaming for sure. Public yeah. shame, more shame. No, I mean, I mean, just shaming in general to me is again. I mean, you guys know how special it is to me personally, but uh, as well. I think people just need to learn to, I think we need a community wide uh, effort to force people to respect it more because if it's, if it's not respected from the, from the ground up, uh, people will always see it as a, as a benchmark of their accomplishments and a goal rather than like, rather than like, you know, a, a culmination of, of skills gained elsewhere, you know, if that, that concept makes sense, the, instead of being like, what are the bare minimums that I have to do to right. go and fly Bravant, it should be like, what things do I need to do for people to even accept me at Bravant? And, uh, that's just, I think that's, that, that needs to be enforced, not just through regulation, but also through, 
uh, a community. I mean, the the mountain mountain community is a little bit different than the American community, but I think uh, I think if we didn't have that uh, the ban in Yosemite, I think that same mentality would would pervade. But yeah, since the ban, since the ban exists, it's like that never was allowed to foster and our sport never developed as a, as a mountain sport in Yosemite in our own park. So that culture never came about. That's, that's a nice perspective. I'd never thought about it like that. I mean, cause we, we have the, we have comparable cliffs and mountains. Like we just can't jump them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can, well, but, sure. uh, yeah. but not, not to dovetail too far off or get down a rabbit hole, but, Matt's Matt's video with the park as the park ranger was one of my favorite videos last year for sure. Like, um, oh, well, well, maybe we'll, we'll post a link or something if we ever make this public. So that was a hilarious video. Yeah, that video that video is awesome. The ranger video, yeah. was so good. That was a fun one. Yeah, and it's funny too because I've got people that are non-jumpers that know you that have come like that I worked with that have come up to me and asked, Hey, do you know Matt Lash? He did this really funny video. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's hilarious. I've had, uh, I've had friends, parents be like, Hey, I saw a base jumping video about a ranger or I've actually had the national park, uh, at least the social media end of the national park contact me more than once. Um, how was their reaction to that? Uh, most of them, I, I mean, I know several rangers, and most of them liked it, laughed. I think it was in good spirit and good humor. Uh, yeah. But uh, I guess their only request was that it stop being posted to their Facebook pages. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting Could you sure stop long. tagging us in this video? <laughs> yeah, no, like, we get it. We get it. Boner jokes. We get it. Yeah. But, um, no, man, I, uh, yeah, I actually kind of similar i yeah i really i'm optimistic about stuff with the national parks and what i mean by that is i don't want it to be legal there um much like you guys are talking about with bravon i think permits should become a thing and they already are a thing and i've been working with uh the national parks outside of moab utah for the last two or three years and what that really means is not as dramatic as people often think it uh, think it is Whatever is going to happen in the future is going to, for sure, be a slow-going process. Um, but meeting the right people, making the right moves, and uh, kind of having the right conversations and having a plan, and really that's where we're two or three years into it. And uh, this year, in fact, at Turkey Boogie, we're even making a donation to the national parks, kind of letting them know, hey, we're serious about working with you. Um, hey, man, I've been going to the national parks since long before I was ever around a parachute. Um it was those experiences that kind of led me to the base jumping community. Um, so I, in fact, am I'm, I'm supportive of our national parks for the most part. I understand why it's not legal. I don't want it to be legal, um, but they hopefully will start to work with us. And that's like, there's, I have a handful of like dreams left in base jumping. I certainly am not the same jumper I was 10 years ago, but um, one of them is for sure to stand on top of uh, an exit point you know, with a bunch of friends, high five and, and uh, you know, get you know, with a with a permit to a new exit because that's the way it's, I think it's going to happen is uh, years years worth of work for one event at various parks, and then hopefully 
we don't all uh, abuse that privilege and uh, we operate within some of the rules and uh, we get a few more. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that sounds exciting. Otherwise, I'll just keep making videos about boners and ranchers. <laughs> what, what, uh, Matt, what, if anything, could you offer to the, the base jumping community that may or may not hear this uh, on how they can... I mean, is there anything on the horizon that people could look forward to supporting or you know, bring up on their front site where they're gonna they're gonna see something coming up on the future that they can get behind? Uh, you know, some sort of I don't, I don't know petition, you know, something something that, something that people can get behind and say. Petitions have happened several times. I don't see that. I hey, you know what? I think number one, um, be a part of a movement. So instead of having an opinion, instead of getting drunk and saying, yeah, this sucks, um, you know, do it when you're sober, get educated, learn what the rules actually are, because most people don't even know what the rules are in our national parks. They are not what the people think. But uh, and, and permits do exist. And actually, there, are, there have been several of them the last few years. But, um, I, you know, Turkey Boogie has become an opportunity to uh, Turkey Boogie has become a number of things. And before I sit here and talk about the good that it's done. I would be lying if I say I, I didn't. I have serious concerns about kind of uh, what Turkey Boogie has turned into. Turkey Boogie is an event in Moab, Utah. It's been a base jumping event since about 2000, um, and it's turned in. It's gotten bigger and bigger each year. And basically, I think in year 2013, this is the fifth year that I've uh, kind of incorporated. Uh, I can't say I uh, a number of sponsors and a number of crazy people willing to work with me have um, turned it into a fundraiser. And um, I think it's an awesome opportunity in the past. Basically we raised money for the search and rescue team in um, Moab, Grand County search and rescue. We give them $38,000 in the last four years. And um, this year we're donating to search and rescue, the national park, the Bureau of land management. And we're going to give about a thousand bucks to um, a local family in Moab so the biggest thing is just kind of like Turkey Boogie right now, we're just really working to maintain positive relationship with the area of Moab, the area that embraces American base jumping. Um, in terms of, I think your question was, how do other people get involved? Yeah, how, I, I mean, think how like do you I, go forward? You know, like what do you see as being a, a plausible way forward to make headway with the, the National Park Services and to try, to try and get some more inroads into opening up other white I think space for people to jump it takes um people to yes be excited but it also takes them to get educated and then the next thing is being patient i've talked to a number of people that you know in their first year base and, and they're super excited and they just send these emails and it's just the total wrong approach um right. it's the total wrong approach it really takes sometimes it might be a matter of going somewhere and simply shaking hands and not saying for a long time that you're even a base jumper. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, I'm not the only one having these conversations is the good news. Mm -hmm. um, there's a number of people out there doing it. Mitch Potter's been working hard on it for um, over five years. Um, there are quite a few people. It's a frustrating pr uh, process. It's a bureaucrat uh, bureaucratic process. Um, it is certainly not the work that most base jumpers love, like, or really want to do. But if we ever really want to uh, make it happen, it is going to take that work. It's going to take basically mm -hmm. just uh, introducing yourself slowly, 
in terms of what you uh, what your real plan is. Um, getting educated, uh, listening. Um, the stuff base jumpers just are not known for, and they're not always our strengths. Um, being patient, and um, yeah, that's it. You know. So, I I, I wrote a, a long, long letter uh, back in uh, 20, ooh, 2012, 2013. We had a, a a friend of the family who was personal friends with somebody up at the high, you know, the higher echelons of the National Park Service management. And I wrote a letter to him. It was six or seven pages long, and it, it detailed this what I thought would be a, a good way forward with that kind of that idea of, of how to vet people to get in and how to run some events there and basically how to be a pro, a, a, a positive pro force for the National Park Service and to contribute more than we detracted from, you know, if people are going to jump in the parks, like obviously you're going to have... You're going to have rescues that take place, and when that helo is spinning, that costs money. When people come out for search and rescue, that costs money. And all these things, these ancillary costs, they cost money. So in my mind, it was how could we, how could we be a, a more of a positive than a negative? And just kind of wrote this letter inquiring and seeing what this person's uh, thought process on it was. And their, their response was like, hey, it's, it's not going to happen right now. It was a pretty short and sweet to the point response, um, but I'm wondering if you know if things are kind of loosening up. Uh, how do you see base jumpers in the future being more of a positive than a negative to the park service? I guess would be the the distilled question. That's a tough one, huh? So yeah, I mean, there's certainly a number of ways. If it, if it comes down to money, which obviously, especially in this country, it always does. Um, but I mean, the other thing is, uh, kind of going back to where you started. Um, I think it also depends on the park you're working with. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, in Yosemite, if you walk up to Yosemite, you know, Rangers, and this is my goal and I want this open and we're going to have base events here. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, either shot down quickly or the most painstaking process of your life. Um, there are a number of other national parks, national monument areas. There's a number of other types of lands that aren't even on people's radars. Those are more than likely the ways forward, not where tourists are, you know, flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's the small places. Yes. Uh, national monument areas, national recreation areas. Um, yeah. Aren't on people's radars. Uh, anything like Yosemite in terms of how we can be an asset. You know, that's a tough one. Um, certainly there are ways. And if it comes down to money, honestly, in my opinion, that's that's an easy one. Uh, if, if it came down to that, we would find a way. Um, and we are finding ways. So mm-hmm. it, it's just, you know, whether turning it into a fundraiser, which has become a fairly uh, scapegoat but uh, successful way to, you know, uh, kind of change people's perception of base jumping or what we really want. But, um, I don't know. I, I think like Scotty was saying about Vermont, like having some level of regulation is a good thing. Listen, we're never going to be able to tell base jumpers, Hey, you can't jump off this antenna in the middle of the night. Cause well, we didn't know you were there and we don't know who you are. So awesome. You're that's, that's still base jumping. But if we want to, uh, be able to, you know, jump in our mountains or in the mountains of France or any other places, 
um, and really kind of do it at these highest levels in these most extreme spots, it's it's on us, you know, uh, to come up with regulation, which immediately that uh, triggers a reflex with base jumpers. None of us like to be told what to do. Uh, I don't think I don't think regulations about being told what to do. I think it's uh, usually the small things in terms of keeping people safe and again, kind of uh, making sure we're going through the. I think a lot of base jumpers in general, um, and I know we've had this conversation about lot, and I use Lauterbrunnen as a a good case study. Um, the rules are in place in Lauterbrunnen, and or at least the guidelines and suggestions are in place in Lauterbrunnen to to ensure respect, not just within jumpers within the community, but the jumpers' respect of the public. Um, there's people out there that, you know, they went on their vacation, they're spending, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to be in Lauterbrunn in Switzerland, but quite possibly one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And uh, they didn't they didn't pay that money to watch somebody die in front of them. So um, having respect as a jumper partially is about having respect for the for the general public and i think that's a thing a lot of base jumpers need to start learning and it's it's definitely not high on the list of the punk base jumper out there when they're early on in their career to try to sit there and think of the children but you know like when you start getting a little bit older you need to kind of be you know cognizant of that we are part of a greater world and we we have to participate in that world and you know, being, uh, if we ever want to see that happening or a, a permitting happening within, I mean, in the long shot possibility of Yosemite National Park, that kind of idea of, uh, participating with the public rather than seeing us as like, as, oh yeah, the public in general is out there and, uh, that's great. But our real enemy is the, and who we're fighting against is the park rangers. It's like, well, no, really, the people we need to convince isn't the park rangers. The people we need to convince is the public. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, because the public in, in Lauterbrunnen walk around left and right, and they, they think it's great. And for the most part, they, they think it's incredible to watch somebody fly a, a nylon bat suit off a wall and pull a parachute, and they think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that same ideology not transferable over to a place like Yosemite National Park? Um, I think it's because the public is not convinced of the safety and or the merits and benefits of a, of a mountain sport and a mountain culture. And it's, uh, that's our job is, and that's, that's on us, not on them. Like, uh, yeah, we can sit here and wish that people are going to stop being fat, lazy cows and get off their ass and, and, and go hike more. But you know, that's, that's not going to change anything. That's on us as base jumpers to, to show them that a, we can be responsible. B you can trust, their you know their kids to walk around in the park with people flying over them and uh you know uh, and and part of that again the biggest part of that is self-regulation i think was matt was talking about so scotty question for you then um with next level and with the courses you guys have started teaching and talking to folks getting them in the right mindset you know, you guys mentioned the the punk base jumper mentality and the you know the outlaw base jumper mentality versus kind of the more student based approach and learning learning approach that is methodical and systematic. You know, I I would wonder if do you think that next level and and the, the kinds of you know structured training and and courses that you guys are offering 
can really i mean I, I feel like we've we've already seen that shift from the you know from the dark corners where base jumping was kept quiet and you only got to be taught by the the one rebel in the drop zone to here is you can go to structured first jump courses you can go and learn how to base jump and get the right right i feel like like there's kind of something inherently wrong with your question and that's that you're equating like outlaw with that like punk because some of our stuff is illegal and you can still have a very methodical approach and a very respectful ethical approach given the constraints we have to work within you know which is not damaging things and leave no trace and sometimes you still have to work within like a quote unquote outlaw you know approach but it can still be methodical Um, that's just part of U.S. Space jumping. I think the comparison uh, is similar to if you with other sports. Like you, if you have studied surfing or like early snowboarding, or most sports go through like a phase where it's not accepted and it's kind of scary, and then then you make you make enough mistakes that you actually start to learn things from it and uh, become more uh, right. uh, 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 not professional. Yeah, so, but so like, the actual yeah. the actual premise behind next level as a whole was to bring some of the best wingsuit pilots, the best base jumpers, the best teachers within the global community together under one roof. And we actually had a a next level meeting with all of those instructors together to, to say, all right, what do we need to teach? Just like, you know, when there were pilots figuring out how to fly stuff and everyone was kind of figuring it out on their own. And a lot of people were dying, and there wasn't a centralized body of knowledge like a pilot school where all of the best of the best can come together and come up with the safest with the safest approach to teach something. And that's the idea behind Next Level is to come together with the most knowledge and how to teach that the best. It's all about bringing knowledge to as many people to keep as many people safe as possible. And that's I mean that's the whole idea behind the school. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. Yeah, I think outlaw is, is not the way to look at it, but more, less standardized, and, and, and more, we're getting to a it point where all... things are being, you know, written down and things are becoming more. Yes. It's like a, it's a centralized body of knowledge that we are trying to acquire that will always be evolving and ongoing, nothing dogmatic, always learning, never like, oh, this is the way it is because it's this way constant research like constant learning and growth and it's a community that once you're a part of and you've learned from it you will always be a part of that community and that level will always be a resource um to help people if they took a course two years ago or whatever it's just it's all about knowledge and sharing knowledge as widely as possible yeah, that's rad yeah yeah just for the record i definitely don't think base jumping will ever shed that that mentality you know as a in a, as a whole but it's how it's it's how base jumpers act within the community as a whole that that's that can change for sure you can also like kind of de-glamorize that like oh yeah fuck it like cowboy attitude you can de-glamorize that with the best of the best being like no like this is what's cool like being methodical doing gear checks like you know, your performance 
shows as much as it needs to. You don't have to be like a dick about it too, or like try and pretend that it's super cool to be dangerous. Like if you're flying that same line, but showing something that, that you made like the right choices to get there and that you had the right training, like that's way cooler. And you can basically watch the people at the top, hopefully be leading by example. And so these people coming up aren't like, oh yeah, fuck it. They're like, oh man, I want to be like that guy. He looks like he really knows right. what he's doing. So hopefully you know, that can trickle down. Yeah, like, we, we, we were hanging out with some dudes uh, a couple months ago, and uh, one of the guys, uh, you know, visitors uh, coming over, and he walked away from uh, Wallenstadt and was, like, crushed. It was, like, the hardest decision he had ever made, like, walking away. And, and like, I, I'd like to see jumping get to a point where it's not a hard decision to walk away. Like, when, when the conditions aren't right and it doesn't feel good in your gut, like, it's not a hard decision. You just... It, it's easy, you know, because for us, granted, we're we're pampered, you know, being here all the time. So yeah, it's conditions aren't perfect. I'm 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 taking a nap. You know, there there are days where I'd much rather take a nice good nap instead of like getting an extra jump. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see the that change where it's like a, it's not a big deal to walk away. It's and it's not, and that's I mean, it's most definitely something that you'll learn in a course. Like I remember Matt talking about. Um, you know, talking to his younger brother who taught him how to base jump, telling him about all these cool jumps, and his brother asking him not about the jumps, but the ones he walked off of. Um, but unfortunately, you know, you can learn that stuff in the courses, and it can be brought to light in a course, but that's such a small scale relative to the reach that, like, YouTube has. And I think it's unfortunate that people don't, you know, the ones that you walk off of don't get the YouTube hits. <laughs> that the ones that you rage down going Mach 2 do. So, I don't know. It seems like that's another problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, good news stories don't make headlines. Yeah. But that is definitely, you know, part of the approach is talking about walking off stuff. It. Back to what Brian said, like that's part of the reason we wanted to start this podcast was because we wanted to like share the beautiful things about the sport, not just like the sensationalized stuff, you know. Like, uh, uh, but is there anything else you guys want to like cover? I mean, we I know you're driving and stuff. I don't know. I have to pee. Pee. I'm hungry, but kind of on like a relevant note that you're talking about, like walking off as part of base jumping. And, like, it's not the part that gets glamorized. Yeah. Like, but part of the rest of, like, the three of us are on a road trip for a month. Like, right. we've walked off stuff. We got weathered off, like, the first two weeks of our trip. This is such a fun trip. I got electrocuted. Like, we got electrocuted twice. And but, you know, exactly. <laughs> but that's that's half yeah, the beauty of being with jumpers. Like, hey, 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 the, first, you know? the first time was my fault. The second time was his fault. Oh, did we read that quote? <laughs> Sometimes you sleep for 10 hours and get a base jump, and sometimes you drive for 10 hours and get electrocuted. Right. Fuck you. But, but you're having fun regardless. Scotty Bob literally slept in the back seat for 10 hours, and then he and I went and jumped in Nintendo that Matt couldn't because he was working, and then Scotty took him out to jump at AM Antenna that he electrocuted it, himself. It looked, like, it looked like that, man. But it's all, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're podcasting to people, what base is. It's like, it's all of it. It's the friendships and it's the people and it's the ridiculous stories and the electrocutions and the getting weathered off stuff. It's all part of the adventure. Getting, and pee, that's getting peed on. Getting peed on. Uh, getting peed on. 
pretty sure all of the peed on on this yeah. trip. But um, yeah, it's it's everything. It's not just the jumps. The jumps are like kind of a small part relative to the whole adventure. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anything you guys want to like uh, want us to tag or promote before we we you know, get off here? Like all uh, three. Of, yeah, all three of our athlete pages, all our. Personal pages, Instagrams, and next levels. Bigdickbitch.com. Yeah. Bitches. Is is that the one with the guy that's like, come on in? Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, make sure you get the. Get, make sure you get that slapping noise in the background. <laughs> I don't have an athlete page. Just use big, big, what is it? Big dick.com. Whoa, no, that page needs no promoting, man. Yeah, we got we to gotta run, guys. We're, awesome. we're missing good freestanders, and we got to pee, right. and we got to get more beer. All right, we, well, we love you guys. Uh, thank Katie Hansen, Matt Lash, Scotty Bob. We love you guys, and uh, thanks for hanging out and talking with us. Go. Thanks, guys. All right. Later. See you guys later. Ciao. Yeah. So we're still recording. So that went really well. Yeah, yeah totally. We, we covered a wide array of topics right? in a short amount of time with three of the three of the most experienced people in the sport to date, I would say. Pull that shit off. Uh, pull that shit. So much static. Maybe not. Now I, not, I don't know. Anyways. I think, yeah. I, I think, you know, it'd be cool to do in contrast to that, that podcast is, uh, maybe find somebody next week or for the next one. Mm-hmm. That is, and maybe we could get a reference from them, but somebody who just took one of those elevated. Yeah. Yeah. Know, get their perspective them, on what they learned. Perspective, what For they sure. learned. And, uh, I think that would be a, a cool insight because, you know, when you're, when you're a decade into something, it's really easy to lose sight of the things yeah, that, that you were thinking about when yeah. you were first starting out and, and maybe, well, we were hammered. However, we did bring on one of uh, Dukes and Sam's Learn to Base Jump yeah. guys. Yeah, I got some good, good stuff out of that. That's got to be a heavily edited <laughs> recording. What was uh, – it's not – Cyril. Cyr- no, Cyril and the guy you were like, I don't know who French this guy Cyril? is. French Cyril? Yeah. Um, Thanks a lot, Brian. Yeah, yeah. We definitely want to bring on some like uh, uh, younger, younger ex- people like, in, me, in the sport. We were hammered. It's uh, fine. That's what we do. It's got, that's why we're fun fleets. We're not athletes. Like we, we don't have athlete pages. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I'd also like to get Danny Weiland's version of Matt Lage's naked wrestling story. Totally. Uh, I feel like the, it's he has to have an opportunity to to counter the argument. Yeah, he's got to defend his honor. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I th- I thought that was. I thought that was wildly beneficial. Yeah. And, you know, people will listen to it and hopefully benefit from it. Yeah. So. And, you know, when, when I was, we, Brian and um, Scotty Bob and I were drinking at the Horner uh, a couple months ago, uh, three, four months ago now, maybe. Um, and it's floated the idea. It was like, yo, this is what we're thinking about, you know. And uh, he was very positive and, and uh, supportive of the idea of having a base podcast and, and not just a podcast about base jumping, but base jumpers just shooting the breeze about things, which is what the first half of this was, you know, it was pretty entertaining. 
so hopefully people get a, a perspective on uh you know that we're not all just charging hard flying wingsuits grinding in the crack you know like proximity flying like we're, there there's actually layers to this game and layers to these people and, and it's pretty it's fun and beautiful and entertaining well i i thought that, that was something that they all echoed in in this podcast is you know it's more there's more to things than just going out and flying hard not that everyone's not going to want to go out and fly hard at some point but yeah, not everybody cares about the youtube hits and uh, that kind of thing yeah and, and, and on the back side of things too I like what Matt was saying about there being long-term goals, and I like what he said about having a goal of standing on top of an American high Sierra base exit and high-fiving his friends totally free and, you know, totally uh, totally legal. And the permit idea, I think, is, is a great idea. Uh, the yeah. idea that I originally wrote to the the high up in the national park service was that there would be a system of vetting where they, the park service could vet certain people. And then those people would have X amount of vetting that they could pass along to friends. And there was a a whole system for breaking that down. But I mean, maybe he's right. Maybe they need to, maybe they need to keep a blanket statement. Maybe they need to, to keep a blanket statement out there that says that, uh, you know, Overall, it's illegal until we individually assign legality to it and not, okay, it's legal for everyone and we're going to bust the case-by-case basis who ignores the rules. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of different ways to like skin that cat. but I mean, it, could, um, it, do, it does come down to money because those, that's so the, true. the people who are there, they have a responsibility – to act, they can't just say, "Oh, there's a person who's lost in the forest right now." We're, you know, tough luck. Like, you didn't get your permit or whatever. They're gonna come get you, and that's a reassurance you have, which is is nice at the end of the day. But it, it we see it all the time in our jobs. You know, when yeah. people are looking at their budget, they're like, "God damn, dude, these fucking base jumpers." Or hacking yeah. out a hefty portion of my search and fuel rescue time. budget and fuel time mm-hmm. and engine hours on an expensive helicopter, and what are they? What are they contributing? You know? Yeah, I so, mean, if you think about like, you know, bighorn, you know, sheep hunting, you know, getting a tag is hard. Like, it's a lottery. Yeah. You know, if you if you were to roll out a lottery system, just like a you know bighorn sheep tag, you could you could pull off a. You know, a, a time frame where it is set up that here's the, the ideal dates and times that you, you can jump. You lottery winners can jump during these time frames and they can be set up, you know, outside of other events and uh, activities going on in the park. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so it, it's it's not impossible. It's just getting organized enough yeah. and keeping some of the, um, I don't want to say, not dissenting voices, but having multiple uh, opinions coming at the National Park Service from multiple angles. Well, Mm -hmm. part of getting, I think part of getting organized is people don't want to get into lockstep. They don't want to say this person is, this person outranks me in the process and therefore I'm going to fall in line with with what they want. So you've got all these individuals coming into the problem. Did you just say base jumpers are opinionated? (laughs) 
well, or that there are aside sp- from that I, I, sky gods in British Open? Because there are now, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe that was totally unrelated. My bad. I have no idea. I'm just saying that if we uh, if we had the people who had the the drive and the ability to be emissaries to the park service who went out and drove the base jumper agenda and people were to actually get behind those people in the way of actually following what they say and we were to demonstrate as a community and as a whole that we had self-control and self-awareness and that we I mean, at the end of the day, I think it'd be cool if we even had self-reliance. I mean, I think if you made it. So here's one weird paradox. I've always thought about the Park Service. Dean was buying property up there for people to come move out. Climbers, jumpers, you name it. I don't know the details of it, but I know to some extent that he wanted people to move out there. If you made base jumping legal to a certain extent, and there would be a threshold, but if you made it legal to a certain extent within the in, within the national parks, and I'm talking specifically about Yosemite right now, you would have a massive influx of jumpers, and, and obviously, massive influx in our community means you know, a hundred to two hundred people, maybe three hundred people, yeah. whatever the case yeah. is, right? And if you actually had those people go there and say, "I'm just here to wait my turn to jump when I get my actual permit." But in the meantime, I'm on standby. If the call goes out that a jumper is lost somewhere or whatever, we will organically action that and we will be the search and rescue element for that and we will not cost the park service. And they, and they were actually to see that in action, base jumpers k- taking care of base jumping problems and resolving them on our own. I think there is a way forward there with, with the park service. I mean, would you move if Bay Shelby was legal in the national park? If you guys were going to move back to the states, where would you move? I'm not interested in moving back to the states. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've never been to Yosemite, so I don't. Right? Oh my uh, God, are you serious? Huh? Okay. Oh, dude, it's. But you know, I'd like move uh, to Yosemite, I'd move to Yosemite, and I know, yeah. I know a whole slew of other people who would too. I mean, I I really think that that would people would gravitate there. And we'd, we'd, we would hit a critical mass. And if people were actually willing to get in line with that and, and be supportive, even if it meant holding off and not doing what they wanted to do, we could, we could maybe make headway with. Yeah. And I think, service. I think Matt was, was on point when it's, it, it, we got to think about the long game. Totally. Totally. You know, base jumping in Yosemite will probably not be legal for most of us. Right. But maybe, maybe someday, you know, if you're looking at this at the 20 year point, then yeah, you could, you could work your, work the outsides, work the periphery, leave Yosemite alone and show and demonstrate. Cause I didn't get a chance to ask those guys, um, the, uh, the question cause we kind of wandered off topic when I wanted to ask about, uh, bridge day, because when I was there the last time, 2013, for... Um, yeah, <laughs> we were there and they talked about the fact that the California state troopers were there to observe and watch to see how a bridge day event goes down. Yeah. Like see how it could work and see if we can make that happen in, in California. Yeah. Um, like Bixby or something like that. I think and, it was... then, and then I watched, uh, you know, several American jumpers 
stand there, not getting their chance to run down the bridge at the very, very beginning at opening time, yelling at the troopers that were saying, no, you can't go yet. Mm. And uh, I was like, well, yeah, that's that's probably why. Yeah, it got a little obnoxious. I mean, it was kind of, hey, guys, what, what's five more minutes? We're going we're gonna to walk down the bridge and, like, stand in line anyways once we get there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you you get a a cross section of people who are, who come to base jumping who are. But the question I was going to ask them assholes. was: I don't know. Was there that same uh, you know curiosity from law enforcement and you know park service type folks who were interested in what's going on at Bridge Day? Because there was a whole lot of drama in between 2013 and now. Uh, and it'd be interesting to know how that. Yeah, and I, I wanted to ask, you know, because I haven't been back to Bridge Day since the change of command, so to speak, and uh, don't really want to talk about negative things because that was a kind of there were sticking points with, you know, like like the way Jason ran things and and then like what they wanted and <laughs> like I, I haven't been back because I just want to like let let all that stuff cool off, you know, like because uh, it's such a. Jumping such a, a touchy sport, and it's, and it's at the end of the day, it's really small. So like, you want to always kind of like, I don't know, be be gentle with uh, your your approach. At least I try to stay gentle because like, uh, don't want to. That's what we're we're like Switzerland. We like to be neutral. But I don't know. I, I didn't Anyways. know that, Brian. That's it. That's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting point that they were there actually yeah. taking interest. It was in pretty it. rad. Like I we, mean, they announced it as yeah. part of the uh, pre-brief, the the safety brief the night before. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you put your best foot forward, make a good impression, yep. show shook show hands? I mean, we were yeah, yeah we, hands, we talked to them for a minute, being like, nice, you know, being super interested in what they were up to, and yeah, they were they were in the LZ um, yep. after I punched the, the target and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we talked to him for a minute. Yeah, I I think it I think it'd be interesting too for those guys to see what an eclectic group you have from the base jumping community. I mean, you've got people who, um, I just watched that video from LeBlanc today from from the the squirrel, uh, promo video, and and he makes a good point. You get people from all different walks of life. You get people with nothing in their bank account and nothing but zeros in their bank account, and you've got people who are who are involved in the sport who are have mastermind companies and become millionaires and you got people who are living on couches chasing the dream and i think as a whole base jumpers in the base jumping community is more more capable than people realize of organizing ourselves but you, you if i mean we just saw it in the news with niger like you just need this one outlier right and just throws everything off you get all these positive things going on, and the negative is always going to be more impactful for some reason than the positives. So, I think it's I think it's totally rad what Matt was talking about with donating to the search and rescue, donating to local families in in Moab, and showing that we're willing to put our money where our mouth is, literally, as a community, and and go forth and do good things. But it just takes that one asshole that's that's uh yelling at the at the ranger who's just doing his job 
he's just following orders and you've you got to have a pretty immature person. Right. And he's, he's a human too. A lot right. of times we forget that. Right. Like, it's not his personal right. agenda. He doesn't yeah. care if you go he out there care. five minutes earlier. Like, he just wants to get that. home to his kids and family at <clears> the end of the night. Yeah. He's just doing what he's told so he can keep his job and get paid. So it, it takes like, we, we have to have the foresight to, if not weed out, then at least, I, I don't know. I don't even know what the term is like. Police I, I think it comes down police to like, our uh, own. yeah, I mean, policing really our own and, and, and informing everybody and, and not being a douche. Yeah. I mean, you know, I some, those, are, those are just general rules to live by. Yeah. Like something, I think something like akin to surfers almost would be mm-hmm. appropriate, you know, where maybe the base community and you've got that command and control element. Like they're talking about, they've got all these people that are going to the, the elevated and the next level. Right. And that's, that's this core group that have devoted their lives to this full time. Maybe those, maybe they start assigning people like, Hey man, your job is to go to bridge day. And and yeah. put people in their place, and you know obviously mm. you can't enforce anything physically, but it's like, hey, dude, do you want to get blacklisted from? I don't know. I'm I'm getting on a tangent. No, uh, yeah, but you know, and I tried to bring that up uh, with with when with Katie when the uh, you know Brian mentioned the outlaw piece, and but I think we, when we went, like all major sports have gone through that sort of like an outlaw rebel period where it was like extreme and new and people didn't know about it and like technology wasn't that good and like it over time it it grew and progressed to something that was a little more mainstream and a little more uh like there was more information on it and like techniques developed and like you know so and, and base is still growing it's it's a an exponent I don't know I, I don't I forget the that uh term in math either way like the, the 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 learning grows and occurs and uh i don't know it's one of those one of those things I just, laughing, I just, so i think you might be off i just off like base, to jump but, off things but uh you know but but you know you, you saw it with like dirt biking and, and like bmx and like skateboarding and it was like now now like, like these things like like the things that pe- kids are doing on skateboards now Back to when, like the, the what was it the, the Lords of Dogtown? Dogtown, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so look at those dudes, you know, like uh, revolutionaries, like like fucking awesome dudes. Yeah. Uh, and then look at skateboarding now, like what a, what a twelve year old can do on a skateboard now compared to like what they were doing. <laughs> Get yeah. out of here, you know. And so what what we're doing right now compared to when you know like when Sunshine Superman, when, you know those dudes not even the same i mean gravity is still the same but the things are different and we're only going to get better and the equipment's going to get better and we're going to move in the right direction but we also have to take the the mindset in a good direction and like um work with the people that control the things that we want to jump off of you know so i don't know anyways you guys want to want to call this thing <laughs> Big thanks to uh, Scotty Bob, Katie Hansen, and Matt Lash for calling in, and to Scotty for encouraging us to actually buy all this equipment and try and, uh, you know, promote bass in a positive light, and and not just bass, Sky Sports in general, and just uh, uh, supporting a life that's maybe not considered normal, but you know, still beautiful. Ben, thanks for coming on. I like to, I consider you like the, the base life safety correspondent, but you're definitely more than that. <laughs> so, I like safety, right? 
the, the safety and maybe fitness correspondent. Sometimes lack safety. <laughs> Always encouraging me and Brian to actually like work out. <laughs> It'd be, you know, not just fun fleets. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, to, to Scotty, if you listen to this, I, I, I can't, I'm still trying to figure out what you were screaming at me the last time we were at Horner when, uh, you were getting ready to leave. You were screaming something at me about my wife. I still want to know what it was. All right. Not we'll probably a, never know. Probably, probably, <laughs> Knowing what I know about that night, we'll probably probably. Never. <laughs> it was, I don't think it was like uh, uh, just the frantic, yeah. like, the frantic, it, the frantic sound in his voice. I just well, still curious to this day. You know, it's funny what he wanted to tell me. I was talking to Layla, and she was like, "I wish you were there," and I was like, "No, you actually." don't wish you know because i'm not i'm i'm not i don't i don't control jumpers like i'm an enabler like i would just would have made it worse <laughs> like i was actually glad i wasn't there because like i didn't have to didn't have to deal with the backlash but yeah anyways all right love you guys yeah, talk man. to you later good case life we're out all right if you want to know more about our guests just check out the show notes and if you want to give us some feedback or reach out to us you can hit us at baselife2014 at gmail.com facebook.com backslash the baselife and on instagram we're at base.life all right thanks